Hi, my name's Michael and welcome to Today Dreamer, a podcast and YouTube channel that examines the interplay between inner work and outer work. Through conscious conversations and practical walkthroughs, we'll be exploring ideas and practices to help you find a deeper sense of clarity, develop your focus and take meaningful action. I hope you love the show. Hey guys, I hope you're well. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the breath, specifically conscious breathing and breath work. I had an experience in Costa Rica with a group of friends where we were sharing some things we were kind of knowledgeable about and a friend of ours, uh, one of the girls decided to hold a breath work session for us so we could get a feel of what what it was like to to breathe consciously for a specific amount of time in a specific way with a with a certain rhythm and we did so and it had this really profound effect and and people's emotions started flowing i remember seeing people cry and seeing people shake and feeling a deep sense of joy within myself as well and seeing smiles on people's faces and and seeing just the way people were afterwards there was this, I guess, a sense of relief that we all felt after this session. And it really kind of got me intrigued into the idea of breath work. And since I've changed the direction of this podcast a little bit, and I really started to focus in on finding some clarity from different types of practices that allow us to disconnect from the noise and go within and and kind of just pause for a moment and be just just sit with that state of being i found that everything is connected to the breath everything comes back to breathing and if you look at any spiritual tradition um, even ceremonially or ritualistically in indigenous um, indigenous cultures the breath has always been central uh, to what what people kind of a place that people come from or go back to so Today, I've got a very special guest. I wanted to get an, a pioneer in the field in. His name is Dan Brule. And this guy used to be in the Navy. He worked as a in the medical unit um, of, of, of the diving department of, of the Navy. And he is Tony Robbins' personal breathwork coach. He's a pioneer, pioneer in the field and he's been leading the way in terms of spiritual breathing, the movement of spiritual breathing for for a long time now and he's traveled all around the world speaking about the breath so i got him onto the show and we had a conversation about breathing here is that conversation and um yeah i I encourage you to go through this uh mindfully and i guess participate in the breathing techniques that that he shares with me and give it a go for yourself uh, because i do believe that if we can tap into our breathing it allows us to step into another state of being and it allows us to really feel and express ourselves a little bit more fully because there's such a strong link between the breath and our emotions. And there's a big link between obviously our emotions and, and what we're experiencing and what we're living. So if we can find a way to tap into the breath consciously and breathe into moments, then I really feel like everyone would be better off. So... Here's the conversation. If you're getting something out of the content, 
please consider subscribing. I'm hoping to add some more creative elements to the show um, in the coming episodes. And I really hope you're getting some value out of these conversations. Let's get into it. How, how do you believe that the breath helps us connect to ourselves? Where does the breath come in when we're talking about um, stillness, connecting with our own sense of, I guess, inner wisdom and um, that, that authenticity that we all have within us? How does the breath come into that kind of um, equation, I guess? Well, it's not the breath per se, but it's conscious breathing, right? So when we are breathing consciously, we're getting a handle on first our consciousness, which is, according to the Buddha, the essence of us is, is pure consciousness. And we're getting a handle on our energy, our life force. So if you have a handle on your consciousness and your energy, you know, you are now directing everything that you got. You know, you've... Uh, you're going to begin to embody yourself more fully as we, whatever we're holding in consciousness, the breath is giving life to it. So that's one reason why we got to be careful what we're thinking about while we're breathing, because the breath is going to give creative force to our thoughts. And on the other side of that, we're putting consciousness into the breath. And so we're actually in a creative process. You know, you bring together energy and consciousness and something is created. So breathing is the quintessential creative act when we do it consciously. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to experience? You want to feel something you've never felt before? Breathe in a way you've never breathed before. You want to connect to yourself in a way that you've connect, never connected to yourself before? Then breathe in a way you've never breathed before. You know, it's no coincidence that the breath is is totally automatic and completely under our control. That cannot be an accident of nature. That's not a coincidence. That's an opportunity. That's an invitation to take part in our own nature, our own evolution. And so that's exactly what the breath is. The breath is the link between the body and the mind, between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind between the conscious mind and, you know, call it the divine mind, the higher intelligence, the mass consciousness, breath is that bridge. It's that, uh, it's that, it is that connection. So it's a no and it brainer. is, I guess, our chance that it, it creates uh, a chance to reach out. It's like an accessibility, I guess, right? So it's, and I've heard you mentioned before that there's, there's quite a strong link moving away from, I guess, the totality of everything, but if we bring it down to something like emotion, you know, um, when we breathe, that we when we have emotions, we breathe in certain ways, and and there's a link. You you you've mentioned that that goes both ways, and we can actually decide to, you know, um, I guess manipulate, I guess our emotions in a way, or 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 change the way we we decide decide the way we want to feel by manipulating our breath or or going down a certain route with our breath. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, our thoughts and our feelings arise from our conditioning, our programming, our, 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 uh, our body-mind system just operating as producing thoughts and feelings. And when you come in with the breath, you come in as a creative force and you can actually choose your feelings. You can choose your thoughts. You can draw energy away from one and put it somewhere else. You know, breathing is a way to hack into our nervous system 
hack into our subconscious mind, uh, hack into our brain. And uh, so every emotional state has a corresponding breathing pattern. Every psychological state has an associated breathing pattern or quality. Every, you know, spiritual state, every biochemical state has a corresponding breathing pattern. And, and it, like you mentioned, it's a two-way street. When our state changes, our breathing pattern changes. And when we change our breathing pattern, our state changes. So it's our way to consciously get into the game of evolving ourselves, right? Uh, mm. uh, accelerating our own, our own growth. You know, humans are the only species on this planet that can be unnatural. And so humans are the only species that can be inhuman. You know, a dog cannot be an undog. You know, a tree cannot be a non-tree. But humans seem to have this ability to transcend our very nature. And, you know, maybe that's a two-edged sword. We can be inhuman. We can be superhuman, you know. Um, and so we can be unnatural. We can be supernatural. So the breath, I think, is that force where we get to determine are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Are you going to stay in uh, some ancient primal low energy state or are you going to raise your consciousness and raise your vibrations? And uh, that's the breath is, is the tool of our day for doing exactly that. It, it seems to me from when you're, when you're in that primal state or when you're working from the reptilian brain or in a flight or fight response and, you know, your rational thinking goes down um, you know, your emotion, your emotions go all over the place and you're really just in this kind of panic mode, you know, you lose your ability to kind of navigate yeah. and the awareness of, of what's really happening goes, slips away. And it seems like that's where it all begins from the awareness of the breath, the, which leads to further awareness in obviously other areas, in all areas mm -hmm. where, how do you deepen your connection with the breath after you've started with the awareness? Where, mm -hmm. where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that lizard brain that is monitoring every breath we take, and it's also regulating our breath when we're not doing it consciously, we can program that lizard brain. If we can learn to uh, be calm and clear when that lizard brain goes, we are developing abilities to handle better stress, to have grace under you know pressure, uh, to navigate uh, intense internal and external situations. So it begins with breath awareness. That's like we start a relationship, right? On the first date, I don't start making you do tricks for me. I don't try trying to manipulate and control <laughs> you. I just want to get to know you. You know, what do you like? How do you feel? How do you move? You know what? And then later I begin to do the game of see, what can I do with you? How can I manage? How can I control? How can I direct? But that's further down the line. So breath awareness is the first step. Becoming more intimate with our breathing, more conscious of our breath. And as you said, the more aware I am of my breathing, the more aware I become of many other things automatically. The more conscious I am of my breath, the more conscious I am of my posture, my tone of voice, my surroundings, my emotional state, my habits, my patterns, the effect my words have. And so it all starts with breath awareness. And that's like a passive practice where you don't have to breathe in any special way. You're just developing a more intimate relationship with the flow of life in you represented through the breath. 
Now, once you get to know it and you're starting to play with it, you start to discover you can do all kinds of things with it. So then it's like, like becoming an artist or a musician. You learn some basic scales, you practice them, uh, you start getting muscle memory, you start linking, you're playing with rhythms, and pretty soon uh, you can start to make some amazing music. So um, Magic happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So then it's a matter yeah, of what do you want to awesome. what do you want to accomplish? So um, we make mm -hmm. that transition from pure breath awareness to breath control. So I divide into breath awareness, which is passive, no verb there. And then conscious breathing. That's the action. That's where I take over. So my body's breathing me, the breath is breathing itself, and I'm just a witness. And on the other side of that, I step in, I give the breathing a certain quality, a certain pattern or a certain rhythm. I breathe with a certain intention. Now I am applying that creative force. I am the one who's doing the breathing. And then breath work for me or breath mastery is going back and forth between those two aspects of being breathed and breathing the breath, letting the body breathe itself and breathing the body, letting the breath breathe me. And then I take over and breathe the breath. That's the game. That's the dance. And those are the two, uh, mm. two wings, two aspects of breath mastery. The ebbs and flows yeah. yeah so it seems like it can be quite a tricky task though to sit there in meditation for example and and allow yourself to breathe without controlling it and being being aware with it in the same breath i guess yeah. so it's it's like this this dance between noticing and trying not to control <laughs> and realizing that you may be doing that and, and going yep. back and forth with that um yep. Is that how you kind of suggest people begin or where, where's the first step? Because it can be quite tricky to train ourselves to do things, especially when we're set in these modes of conditioning and all these, you know, these, these, uh, this, I guess, kind of like a cage we've grown up in or we've been used to. And then to, to step outside of that and to try to figure a way out and then to, to train a new system into us or a new habit can be quite tricky. Where do you begin when you're teaching people to breathe and, and to develop a habit? Yeah, I mean, we do that, that ability to simply observe the breath without influencing it, without automatically getting in the way of it, without controlling it. That is an art. That's a practice. That's a skill. And it does that. And I've been at it for years. And we still, you know, you just catch it for a while. And then you can't, oops, then the line is so blurry that you can find you slipped over the other side. So that's, that's meditative awareness. That's concentration training, that's attention training, and that's mindfulness training. And, and it's just a matter of training. It's a matter of practice. <clears throat> you know, sort of like you're singing naked in the shower at the top of your lungs, and you suddenly discover that someone's or a whole bunch of people are watching and listening. You don't sing the same in the next moment. Your song, your tune changes, you know? And so we are, our, our nature is disturbed by other people's awareness and by our own awareness. So, you know, we go into the forest and birds and squirrels and animals that we don't see, we don't hear, they see us, they hear us, and they're already disappearing. They're going, they're getting out of the way. Our presence disturbs nature. Yeah, our presence disturbs nature. Mm -hmm. And we need to develop the kind of presence that doesn't disturb nature. So you go in the forest, you scare all the animals away, but then you sit very quiet, very still for a long time. And guess what? The animals start coming back. 
they get back into their activities, they resume their natural activities. We have to do the same thing with the breath. We have to practice just observing it again and again until finally and more and more it starts to happen and you can experience the breath breathing you and you're just a witness. And that's a really valuable ability, but I don't think there's a shortcut to developing it. It's, it's, it's a meditative ability that, that, that comes to us through regular daily practice. So often we're after that shortcut. We're after that, I guess, instant gratification. Again, it's the way we've been kind of how everything's kind of rolling. But what you've just said is really interesting because I, I find parallels between that and life in general. Like if you're if you're super zoned in on something in life, and it's funny how that you know never really seems to play out that way. But if you're kind of cruising along, you've kind of got one eye on on it on the side, and but you're still kind of aware, and and you're and you're in your space, and you're not disrupting that the nature of things mm -hmm. it's it's kind of interesting how things begin to flow and through that consistent practice things kind of blossom out and 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 unveil yeah yeah you know and there, it's a kind of an, an interesting journey because on the way to to mastering our breath we have to master our emotions we have to master our mind we have to master our body because those things are influencing disturbing disrupting uh, and causing dysfunctional breathing habits and patterns. And so with the more emotional work we do on ourselves, the freer the breath is. Uh, the more physical, you know, the more relaxed and flexible we are, the freer the breath is. So the link between the body and the breath and between the mind and the breath and emotions of breath is direct and continuous. So we got to step in and start to do something with that connection, you know. And that's what breath work is about. Breath work is about using our breath to just get to know ourselves better, self-knowledge, get to know dimensions and levels of ourselves that we're normally not aware of. I think my, one of my teachers also, Rajneesh, said that there are points in the breathing that we've never observed. And those points are like doorways to a new reality, to a new consciousness, but they're very subtle. And so everybody has that. There are details in the breath that you've never explored. And when you start to experience those details, something happens to our consciousness, something happens to our chemistry, something happens to our heart, to our body, you know, something, abilities begin to awaken, resources, we start to tap them. And so there's no substitute. And I wish there was a way around a daily practice because I'm a lazy bastard, but there is no, <laughs> you know, there's no substitute for regular, consistent daily practice. But wow, it doesn't take that much to lead to some pretty cool benefits when it comes to breathing. So. Hmm. Hmm. Have you, you've obviously been around the world and you've done, you know, countless, you know, seminars and trainings and, and things of that nature. Have you noticed this, this um, like suppressed trauma, for example, come up in, in people or, um, you know, feelings that people have been bottling up kind of explode? Have you seen any of that? Because I know just personally, you know, uh, with my own breath work and experiencing breath work circles and things like that. I've, I've noticed that and it's quite shocking. It's quite <laughs> um, almost unbelievable. People just start crying out of nowhere. Have you noticed any of that or is that a theme? Yo, plenty, tons of that. And, the, and in the beginning, we thought that's what it was all about. You know, I was one of the guinea pigs in the rebirthing movement. And rebirthing was this discovery, a realization that, you know, the first few breaths we took and the atmosphere in which we took it, 
And, uh, and then every emotional shock or emotional trauma or physical trauma or psychological trauma that we experienced in growing up put an inhibition on the breathing mechanism. And, and it's easy to see if you exaggerate a pain response, for example. So if I'm in, if I'm locked up in pain, the pain literally is locking up my breathing. And not until the pain passes do I, you know, the breath can expand, it can release, and it can flow again. Until then, the pain is literally locking up the breath. And it can be psychological pain, emotional pain. And it's the same thing with fear or anxiety. You know, when I'm, when I'm in a panic, you know, that, that, that panic, that fear, that anxiety locks up my breathing. And not until the fear passes, you know, that the breath can flow again. So that was one of our early discoveries back in the 70s when we were hyperventilating in hot tubs and untangling all the knots afterwards and trying to figure out what the heck was going on and experiencing these cathartic, you know, primal screams and breakthroughs and spasms. And it was scary looking. It was weird looking. And in a big group, mm. you know, people go, what the heck? It looks like an exorcism, you know, but that's the, that's mm. the healing power of the breath. If, if pain and fear lock up the breathing, and it doesn't have to be a lot of pain or fear, but subtle layers of tension, emotional tension, physical tension, psychological tension, they accumulate and they're, they're putting a lock on the breathing. And so, of course, when you unlock the breath, all that crap that was locked up by the breath is released. And so people are quite surprised to see them releasing traumas and shocks from early childhood and infancy and unresolved emotions and suppressed uh, communications. And once the breath is flowing free and you're, you're physically relaxed and you're willing to feel, then all those feelings bubble up and they process very efficiently. It looks intense and scary for somebody coming in with no preparation or no understanding. Uh, however, it's a very pure, very clean way to relieve the system of really deep, powerful fears and angers and emotions and so on. Very clean, efficient way. You breathe it out of your system and it takes the stress off the body. I could beat into a pillow for a week. I hate you, mommy. You fucked me up and I'll never be. And you know, you feel pretty good after you do that. And expressing all that rage might even, you know, squeeze some of that crap out. And so you feel better after a big. But it's very inefficient and it, it's actually, it, it's almost harmful to the system. So breath is this beautiful way to process that deep stuff very efficiently, very smoothly. It takes practice. It takes a good coach. Uh, you know, it's useful to have a good guide, a good coach. We go faster, better, but it's, it's a natural ability we all have. And uh, we just need to find it, access it and begin to apply it. And we can heal ourselves of, of tremendous stuff. Hmm. There seems to be a lot of, there's probably something you've, you've come to this point quite a lot in your career, I'm guessing, is, is this skepticism towards breath work or this sense of like, it's they're writing it off as something like woo-woo. Yeah. And I feel like in general, when you approach things with an open mind and experiment with them and give them a go, you know, unexpected possibilities unfold and you end up you know, unlocking, like, this seems to have a lot of potential in today's world with everything that's going on. 
You know, how, do you, how do you connect there, all that? There's less and less skepticism I'm finding. I mean, 40 years ago, yeah, I felt like a voice crying out in the desert. Not nah, breathing, smithing, uh, pop psychologist, woo-woo, new-agey, la-la, crystals. And, you know. and so, you know, breath work was kind of like uh, locked up or tangled up with all that other stuff. But the science now is like unarguable and more and more studies, more and more connections, understanding why some of these ancient yogic and Taoist and Qigong practices, Buddhist practices, you know, what's, why did they work? Why do they work? The science is like piling up now. And I'm seeing less and less skeptics these days. But we're also moving on to things. Now the stuff that everybody's focusing on, we were into that 30 years ago. And so the stuff that people are into mm. now, and now we're into stuff that we're going to have to be patient a few years more for people to catch up. But I like being ahead of the curve. You know, it's lonely, but uh, it's fun when people start to like wake up. And right now, breathwork, I think this is the third year in the wall in a row that at the Global Wellness Conference, breathwork was voted the biggest current trend in wellness period on the planet. It's the new yoga. It's meditation for people who don't believe in meditation. It's the Swiss army knife of life and things are accelerating. So it's, it's very natural. And I think it's, it's part of the right divine order that people are waking up to the breath more and more these days because we need to, we, we either have to grow or die and things are accelerating. Things are intensifying. And if we don't come up to speed with this acceleration, if you don't learn how to relax into intensity, which is a great use of the breath, you're going to get run over by the changes. You're going to, we're going to miss a chance for a leap in our evolution, which, which we're, you know, we're coming to some kind of a point where, and, and breath work, I think is part of, part of that, the gifts we're given to navigate huge change, rapid paradigm shifts, you know, evolutionary leaps. Mm. The breath is that guide, that help, that support during these amazing moments in, in time in our, in our history, I guess. I think that's a very important thing to recognize as things are exponentially speeding up towards this, you know, point, this, this, this moment or whatever it might be. You can see that you can see the curve of things and, uh, the importance of being still amongst the chaos, I feel, is, you know, becoming, you know, it's more and more important. It's increasingly important as things speed up to be able to pause, to be able to take a breath and just stand still amongst all the, all the craziness out there. Yeah. It's, yeah. And for me, it's like this beautiful tool I get to use to drop down into my center. So it's like a switch that you can flip to just... Go into the zone when you need to. Just surrender to the flow when you have no choice. To generate the energy to confront whatever, you know, comes up. And so that ability to use the breath to drop into the eye of the storm, not avoid the storm, not try, not getting kicked and thrown around in it, but get to the eye of it. And then this, you know, this massive stuff is happening around us, but we're dealing with it from a place of real stillness and clarity. And then we even volunteer to jump out into that storm. It's a blast to ride those waves and maybe help a few people navigate it. You know, if you 
you get comfortable with coming and going into the storm and knowing how to get back to the eye of that storm, you don't have to avoid a lot of scary situations because you know you have an anchor, you know you have a compass, you know you have a way to like, uh, uh, to come home, get centered, energize yourself, shake off any stress or fear and be able to perform. And- well, that's your accept, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I've never heard that analogy before, but it really, it, that's, that's, yeah, just that thought and that idea in my mind is, is awesome. But it, I, I guess it's coming back to the fact that everything is ultimately as exactly how it's meant to be, right? Yeah. There's no, <laughs> it seems to be this kind of. And you know, where it's the ruthless truth is we are experiencing what experiences we create or attract. And the breath helps to find how are we creating things and how are we attracting things? If you observe your breath, how are you breathing when you're enjoying music? How are you breathing when you're having an orgasm? How are you breathing when someone's criticizing you? How are you breathing when you're stuck in traffic? Most people wouldn't turn to their breath in those moments, but when you turn to your breath in those moments, you begin to identify all the little sticky places you got that need cleaning up clearing out so that pretty soon you can be clear and calm and loving no matter what's happening around you and no matter what's happening inside of you and for me that's freedom so for me the breath is the it's the key to to our liberation to self-realization to ultimate liberation enlightenment all the all the ancient promises with all their lingo, samadhi, satori, kensho, moksha, enlightenment, kingdom of heaven. I mean, that, it's no accident that every great spiritual tradition touches on the breath in a big or small way. But every genuine spiritual tradition uses the breath in some way, even if it's just symbolically. Um, but Because mm. the breath, the root of that word, spirit, that's not an accident. Breath is is the life in us and when you begin to handle the breath you are now learning how to direct the life force you know the fountainhead of our of our life the life stream you know of a, the headwaters of our life stream interesting <laughs> yeah it all comes back to the breath in that sense especially from yeah when you're looking at all these ancient traditions and if you're looking at that tornado as an example of like you know the build-up of different consequences of, from society's actions over the last couple of decades and you see that growing in intensity and mm-hmm. i like to think of you know building up an ecology of practices or, or a group of different things or tools in my kit that i can go to to be able to snap out of things and to be able to go in and out and to be able to navigate this process of change and the breath is center it seems to be the center to all of those you know whether yeah. you're talking about yoga meditation whatever it may be the breath always comes in and plays a vital role Oh yeah, and you know it's unarguable now. I, you know, you imagine you know somebody on a SEAL team, Navy SEAL team, right? And you drop out of a helicopter into who knows where in the middle of who knows what, and none of the intelligence is right, and you've separated from your team, and what was supposed to be a clear, safe landing, you find yourself surrounded by a hundred unfriendlies. You know, what do you do? You know, curl up in a ball, call your mother, get on the radio, get your gun. No, you get a handle on your heart rate. You get a handle on your mindset. You get a handle on your arousal. You get a handle on your your body. And you do that by getting a handle on your breath. And it's not woo-woo stuff. 
Um, you, you, you got no choice. You want to manage your emotions. You got to manage your breath. You want to manage your mental state. You got to manage your breath. That's why pranayama, the ancient Hindu science of breath was invented to regulate the mind, to develop mental state and emotional state control. That's the purpose of pranayama. It's been lost. I think through history, it just turned into a bunch of huffing and puffing and I don't know what it turned into, but the essence of it, when you're controlling your breath, you've got a handle on your consciousness, on your mind, on your energy. And you got to have a handle on that stuff if you're in a life and death situation. So, you know, just to repeat, I'm finding fewer and fewer skeptics because if you try something and it works, you don't care if you can prove it or what the, you know, it works. You have unarguable you felt yeah. experience. And so you start to develop it. So I love turning people on to the breath. You give them a, you know, a mind blowing, body exploding, electrical, vibrational, ecstatic experience. And when they come out the other side of it, they go, oh, wow. Okay. Well, whew, what else is possible? What was that? And how can I begin to get a handle on it and direct it and not just, you know, just be blown away by it? So I, I'm, you know, I'm a missionary for the breath. I, I'm, I'm the first one to admit it. <laughs> so there's, there's different schools of breath work, right? So you mentioned rebirthing earlier. I know there's holotropic breathing. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. things like, you know, this new kind of stuff, like this Wim Hof, um, you know, when you're, when you're hyperventilating and then you hold your breath and cold water immersion. Yeah. There's, there's all these different schools of breath work you know, focusing and being aware on your breath through like a basic meditation, which is a great mm -hmm. way to begin meditation. And, and like you mentioned earlier, for people that, you know, might not or might feel uncomfortable in me meditating right away, the breath work is a, a great step into that. So where do you, where do you sit in, in this kind of spectrum of breathing? Well, you know, 40, 1970, when I was I started like a discipline practice, I would say, I went into the military and, um, uh, yeah, I could count on one hand how many breathing schools or styles there were. Now there are thousands and thousands of breathing teachers. There are, you know, and so I look at it like an art, right? If I'm an artist and I have my palette, do I want one color on my palette, just the Wim Hof technique or just holotropic or just rebirthing or just prana yoga or just... You know, and everybody's got a breathing school now and they give it their own cool name and it's a spin off of something else and which is beautiful. I, the more, the better, because people stay away from me by the thousands. And so we need thousands of other breath workers who can appeal to their particular type of person. Right. And so um, I see, you know, I want as many colors on my palette as possible and I want to find out. You know, what are the fundamentals? Every single breathing school, whatever they teach, however they frame it, whatever package they put it in, there are certain fundamentals that everything has in common. And we learn those fundamentals. What are, the, then, what are some of these, these well, four principles? I'm curious. Yeah, well, like three to start with. And then off of those, a few branch off. So breathing to become more conscious. Breathing to become more mindful, breathing from meditative awareness. It takes a certain concentration on the breathing, no matter which breathing technique you're doing. 
It takes a certain awareness of breath, no matter whose breathing thing you take. So that element of bringing consciousness to the breath, that by itself is, is a fundamental. Now, what you, what affirmation, I could be breathing in and like Ramdas taught me in 1970. I'm breathing in and I'm thinking to myself, the power of God is within me. I'm breathing out and I'm thinking to myself, the grace of God surrounds me. So now with every breath, I am linking a thought, an affirmation, right? Uh, a mantra, right? So that's one of the principles, combining breathing with a thought, with an intention, with an affirmation. So that's a fun, or just pure awareness. On the purest level, the fundamental is just, you can't do breathing without being aware of your breath. You start talking about it, now you're thinking about it. You start practicing it, now you're focusing on it. So bringing awareness to the breath, that's a fundamental. And no matter what excuse you use, or no matter what you call it, that's what you're doing. You're encouraging people to become more conscious, more aware of their breathing. So that's a fundamental. The second fundamental is easily missed and not recognized by a lot of people, and that's relaxation. That's another fundamental that some people skip over. They get into the huffing and puffing and pulling and and they're missing that soft female, feminine aspect of breath mastery. I got a great analogy because I live here in the desert. I'm in, I'm in the Baja Peninsula of Mexico, right? So we're, we're in the desert. And the soil is hard-packed. It's mineral-rich, hard-packed soil. And so when it rains, the water just rolls along the surface and tries to find its way out to the ocean. However, if you turn the soil, if you soften the soil, if you loosen the soil, then when it rains, the soil drinks up that water. So we have to be breathing with a relaxed body. We have to be combining relaxation with breathing Otherwise, we're just huffing and puffling and muscling a lot of air around. And, and okay, yeah, you can strengthen muscles. You can make a lot of noise. You can feel good. But you're going to miss the juiciest, most essential part of the breath. And that is the energy, the prana, the chi, the chi, the life force, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. And in order to connect with that, you can't muscle it. You, you got to open to it. You got to be somewhat feminine. Mm. You have to absorb. You have to receive. And that's relaxation. And the third piece is breathing just to energize yourself, right? The connection between breathing and energy. And some people take this to really, you know, far out 14 dimensions of the universe and energy and stuff. But those, I think those are three, three fundamentals, breathing to become more mindful, breathing to become more relaxed, and breathing to connect with a certain energy. And then you have what the parameters are fundamental, right? We have the channel. I can breathe through my nose. I can breathe through my mouth. I can breathe in the nose, out the mouth, in the mouth, out the nose. I can breathe in one nostril, out the other. And so we play with the channel. That's a fundamental. Now, some people say, okay, breathe, uh, you know, in through the left nostril and then breathe through the right. Okay, but, and some people say, no, breathe in the right, breathe out the left. Okay, they're playing with the channel. That's another fundamental. I'm using breath sounds, different shh, you know, sound and breathing, another fundamental. Movement and breath, right? So I'm using my hands to communicate. We do that. We're using my, I'm using my breath to communicate. So if you were to look at my breathing pattern and take it out of context, and if you would have looked at my breathing pattern in the last five minutes, it speeds up, it slows down, it stops short, it goes forward, it goes and goes. and It looks like gymnastics if you follow my breathing pattern because my breathing pattern is serving my communication. 
But while it's serving my communication, it might not be serving my physiology, might not be serving my uh, circulation, right? So uh, again, we're back to, we want to be conscious of how we're breathing and what muscles we're using and what's happening to our chemistry while we're breathing, right? Sound and breathing, movement and breathing, thought and breath. These are fundamentals that everybody can be quite unique. You, you, and, and speed of breath, depth of breath, location of breath, high in the chest, low in the belly. Uh, there's a short list of, list of breathing parameters. And on the shortest list, you have inhale, exhale, and pause. <laughs> That's it, right? Three things. And now mm-hmm. you can play with those three things. You can breathe in long and slow. You can breathe in really quick. You can breathe out long and slow. You can breathe out really quick. You can pause for a minute before the inhale, after the inhale. You can pause in the middle of the inhale. So pauses, inhales, exhales, and those other parameters, those are fundamentals. I I lay them out in my book, um, and in all of our seminars and trainings, we like go through them. And so they're on, it's a short list, but once you got them, now you can be quite creative. I can breathe in through my left nostril while I imagine awakening my right brain. And I can be repeating a word. I can be stretching while I do. I can be making a sound. And now every breath is like got all these layers to it. It's multidimensional, it's multi-layered. And we can create some very juicy breathing exercises by playing with the fundamentals. So I guess the role that I want to play in all of this is to somehow bring it back to that that stillness within, bring it back to that that source of clarity and ultimately help people move towards a more meaningful yeah. existence, whatever that might mean to them. Beautiful. And I know, I feel that that really connects up. What? How would you recommend, besides having this conversation with you today and putting it out there, how would you recommend I could... Cause I'd like to create videos about these kind of things and, mm. and kind of express different points of view and perspectives and give people like a chance to experiment it, experiment with it themselves. Mm-hmm. How would, how could you give me any suggestions on any thoughts that might come to your mind as to how to help people begin on this process? Because it can seem quite overwhelming, all these different yeah. principles and getting your head around all these different techniques and being creative with it and trying this and there's all these different styles. Yeah. Right now, how do people begin? How do people start? How do people, you know, take that first real breath? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, where do you get on? Where do you start, you know? Um, A sigh of relief, right? I like starting people with a simple sigh of relief because we already know what it is. It comes by itself when we're not looking all by itself sometimes. We do it deliberately sometimes. Um, but I suggest people do it very deliberately, very consciously, exaggerate it, and start to really feel what a sigh of relief is. A sigh is an inhale that's twice as big as normal. So that's a good place to start. Okay, what does it feel like to take an inhale that is twice as big as your average breath? Because that's what a sigh is. A sigh is an inhale that's twice as big as your tidal volume, your average size breath. So you do that on purpose. That's a good place to start. I'm going to take two inhales, one on top of the other, to create this sense of an inhale that's twice as big as normal. Could we do one together? Right now, I'm doing it. (sighs) Breathe in. (sighs) Give that extra expansion. (sighs) And then release. Taking an inhale 
And instead of letting the breath turn around and become an exhale where it usually does, take it a little further, put a second inhale on top of that one, and then release. And that extra stretch that we create, that extra expansion, that's what triggers the release and the relaxation that we refer to as a sigh of relief. Create that extra stretch first, and then be very conscious what muscles you use. Don't use more effort. You know, we have this principle of energy to effort ratio. I mean, it's, it's, it's true in breath work, but it's true in the military. You want to accomplish the most with the least amount of effort and resources and energy. So breathing is no exception to that. You want to be able to take a nice full breath, but don't use a lot of muscles. Don't use a lot of effort. Don't make it a big, heavy job, right? You're already beginning to master some very important principles of that combination of ease and relaxation along with power and energy. So practice a sigh of relief and then you exaggerate it. And now when I'm taking in that second breath, what's a powerful thought? What's, what's, what's important? What do I need to remember? What do I need to remind myself of? I'm safe. I'm free. I can do this. Easy day. I got this. Uh, you know, your own power statements, your own, uh, Stig Severinsen, my friend, you know, suggests that when you're breathing in, imagine your favorite fragrance. Picture something beautiful. Use the inhale to generate gratitude, appreciation, love, joy. What, you know, what's a high spiritual principle? Focus on it while you're doing the physical act of breathing and you, you're in the game. And then on the exhale, exaggerate the effect of the exhale, which is letting go, releasing, relaxing. <sighs> so you let go of your jaw, you let go of your neck, you let go of your shoulders. Every time you release the breath, you release a muscle, you release a joint. So now you're mastering relaxation with the breath, right? And uh, so you just start with a sigh of relief because you don't, you're, everybody already knows how to do it. Just exaggerate it, play with it, have fun with it, experiment with it and be theatrical and see what starts to come up and what where do you go from there uh it, it it's not rocket science breath work you know is simple stuff we start with a natural response which is a sigh of relief and i like starting with the sigh of relief because the sigh of relief happens by itself and when does a dramatic sigh of relief happen it happens when you're in pain and the pain goes away and then you don't think about it. You don't do it. You don't make it happen. But what happens? <sighs> the breath expands for the first time. It can expand again and it releases and flows. So that sigh of relief expresses a change in our state. And we're back to that two-way street game. So I trigger a sigh of relief and I start to vent tension. I start to charge myself with energy. I'm in the game big time, and I'm doing something that's really not even a technique. It's not an exercise. It's a natural breathing response that we are now doing consciously, intentionally, deliberately, and now we're in the game of breath work. So it seems like that could have like a lot of implications if you, if you implement that on a regular basis. So if you spend a little bit of time every day just to sit with yourself and breathe, but it also seems to be like potentially useful in, in those moments of intensity when you might be having an argument with your partner or when you might even 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 not only the struggles of in of those in kind of 
negative, I guess, so-called negative intense moments, mm -hmm. but it could really increase the intensity of positive moments as well. Like things like, you know, a joyous moment with your child, you could really <laughs> breathe that in and, and increase that, right? Oh, do you, yeah. Do you, do you apply it in that way in your life at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, breathing is an expression and a reflection of our state, of our emotional state, our psychological state. And so we can move ourselves. Not only is it a reflection of the state we're in and an expression of the state, it's also the way that we move into and out of states. And so, you know, a baby wakes up from a child, wakes up from a nightmare and they're still, eh, and you just hold them and you breathe and relax yourself and they catch that peace, they catch that relaxation. And when your own psyche isn't experiencing a nightmare, you deliver it gentle, slow breaths, relaxation, and you tame that amygdala, you tame that lizard brain, you calm your nervous system down. What a beautiful power we all have to, to, to step in and intervene when our, when our system goes wacky on us, you know? <laughs> and we do, we get hijacked. Interesting the connectedness though. The connectedness, like you said, the little one would feel that. Oh. Yeah, we definitely do get hijacked. Yeah. But I find that connectedness very interesting. That piece where I can think certain things. I like to think of it as vibes, even though I feel like the term is quite overused and not really well thought about. But the energy, the, not, maybe not the energy, but the vibes, the vibrations of the energy, the the thoughts, feelings, and, you know, the emotions, everything that goes through me affects <laughs> everyone else yeah. in a way in a strange connected way yeah. and 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 we can play with that you know we can when we see someone else is suffering or when we when we see someone else is really you know hitting their stride we can bring people up we can really collectively you know connect with others in this way and i think the breath is an amazing power yeah. because it gives you like you said that link it's that kind of control point or that that thing that we can actually reach out and and use you know it it, it is the, it is a connection the, the air that, that I'm breathing in, somebody else breathed it out, you know? We're all sucking off the same bubble of air. The breath literally connects us. And it can, you know, groups that breathe together. For example, you know, in, in religious congregations, I was raised Catholic. And so, you know, we're reciting the, the rosary and everybody's praying the same prayer out loud. And what's happening? We're synchronizing mm. our breath. And so when groups of people synchronize their breathing, they connect energetically, emotionally, and in, in ways beyond conscious. And it's very powerful. Mm. And even in the military, right? You get 40 guys and everybody together yells, yes, sir. And he goes, I can't hear you. Yes, sir. Everybody just inhale together and they just exhale together. And that's bonding the group. And so, yeah, the breath is this magical, mystical connection. And uh, it connects us. It connects us to our own body. It awakens body intelligence. When you're breathing, you're awakening body intelligence. We have neurons in our intestines, in our gut. You want to you feed them and awaken them with diaphragmatic breathing, belly breathing. Your heart has just as many neurons as your brain. We have heart intelligence. You want to be breathing into your heart space to wake up that heart intelligence. And you want to send the breath up into your head to clear your mind, cool your brain, quiet and still your awareness, and maybe connect to higher intelligence. So you nailed it. The breath is, if you want to connect to another human heart to heart, 
than literally breathe into your heart while you just pay attention to them. And you're going to be making a connection that goes beyond physical touch and beyond rational understanding. And it's real and it's pure and it's human and it's also uh, universal. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's bigger than what we think. Yeah, um, it's magical even. There's something magical about breathing with a partner, breathing with a small group. That's why conspiracy which means breathe together, develop such a bad rap because the powers that be realize that, you know what, when people get in small circles and they breathe together, a power emerges within that group that can knock down kings. And so conspiracy, conspire, just means breathe together. But uh, it's, uh, it's powerful. <laughs> and it can be really scary to the powers that be. So it's no wonder that conspiracy kind of has a gray, kind of dark, shadowy, kind of, uh, you know, implication, but the purity of it, the solid meaning of it to breathe together, uh, we can unlock human potential that none of us by ourselves can exhibit. But when we come together, a force bigger than any one of us can, can manifest, can emerge. So. I feel like that's exactly what you're doing when you hold these, you know, seminars or group meetings or even what we're doing right now. We're coming together in a way. And I feel like if enough people can find a way to network and connect mm -hmm. and with, you know, everything that's happening today and with all the technology and the capabilities that we have to do this, I feel like there's an opportunity to, yeah. you know, flow with that, with that acceleration that we It is, about. it is, it's coming on. I just want to come back to something you asked before about like, you know, where does, where do you start? And I mentioned that sigh of relief. There's mm. another place to start. Mm. And that is you take a normal inhale, a normal exhale, and then don't breathe in. And if you have to, it's easy to cheat. So you might actually, you know, pinch. After the exhale, a normal exhale, just wait and relax and wait and relax and watch and feel and meditate. And in a very short time, most people within a few seconds, you start to experience something that you could call an urge to breathe. And if you just wait a few more moments and try to relax in the presence of that urge, and then when you finally relax into the urge, an inhale is gonna happen all by itself. You don't have to breathe in. You don't have to pull it in. You don't have to do it. You can experience the body breathing you. And then like a like a, in a relay race, you pass the baton. And so the body triggers the first part of the inhale. You don't do it. <clears throat> but at some point you take over and then you take it further. And then you give yourself that sigh of relief. You give that extra expansion on the inhale and then the release on the exhale. <clears throat> so you can start with breath holding or better to say pausing after the exhale until your body makes you breathe and then surrender to that feeling, surrender to that reflex and get to know what it feels like, observe the muscles that come into play and you're in the game. You're learning to breathe from the breath itself. Good place to start. Hmm. Could we quickly do one of those before yeah. we wrap things up? Because that sounds, it sounds like a little bit complicated, but also quite simple, but it would be nice maybe if you walked us through that. Yeah. And then. So through the nose, a normal breath in, normal breath out, and then pinch. 
and then deliberately relax, observe inside feelings and sensations, watch for that prompting, that feeling. Where is it? Is it in your throat? Is it in your belly? Maybe you start to feel your diaphragm flutter. Maybe it's just like a, a voice that goes, ah, but what is it? And see if you just can't relax into it just for a moment before you surrender to the urge. And then when you surrender to the urge to inhale, the breath comes in by itself. And you open and expand. And you give it space. You don't put any resistance against it. And a nice full inhale comes. You can take it even fuller. And now you just get into the game. And you practice getting comfortable with longer and longer pauses after the exhale until you can tolerate a comfortable pause of 30 seconds, 40 seconds. If you want to be a peak athlete, you want to be able, sitting at rest, comfortable, tolerate a comfortable pause of a minute after the exhale with no big, big breath, right? And just a normal breath in, a normal breath out, and then wait, don't breathe in, meditate, relax, surrender. And at some point, surrender to the reflex, allow the inhale to come. And at some point you take over and take it further. And now you and your nature are starting to get into a dance, you know? Cool. So some people only have to wait five seconds and already they can feel like what they call this urge to breathe. And for many people, they really don't need to breathe yet. They really, it's a good idea to practice tolerating higher levels of CO2 because CO2 is a magical acid. It's a gas that dilates micro vessels and it triggers the release of oxygen from the hemoglobin and carbon dioxide is a, it's antiviral, antibacterial. It's a good gas and we should deliberately increase our tolerance of, of high CO2. And you do that with Breath holding or pausing after the exhale is probably a, a, a better way to talk about it. Hmm. I feel like we've we've covered quite a lot here today, Dave. Yeah. I feel like this has been this has gone in directions I wouldn't have expected, <laughs> which I really enjoyed and and it, it honestly made me pretty excited about the breath more than I already have been. It, it it allowed me to see it from a different perspective and and the intricacies of it. I didn't realize it was so profound, you know. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we're just scratching the surface. Uh, who knows what's possible? But right now, I'm, I don't see any limits to the possibilities, what we, can, what we can accomplish, you know, what we can do when we, with the human spirit and the power of the breath and heartfelt intention and, you know, clear thinking and you bring all that together and, we can change the world, you know. We can uh, we can screw things up, and we can we can uh, come up with amazing solutions to all of what ails humanity. It's up to I think that's our job, and mm. and I see that the people mm. who are attracted to breathwork are exactly those kind of people. People who really want to grow, mm. they want to heal, and not just themselves, but they feel a connection to other people and to the planet and to something higher. And those are the people I see that are getting attracted more and more to breath work. So um, I'm all in, man. And, and thank you for, for being in the game and for getting the word out about breathing and for being excited about it yourself because it's got to be like a virus, man. It's got to spread to everybody. We have to, you know, we all have to wake up to our own potential. 
I just wanted to say thank you to you out there. Thank you for whether you're watching or listening. Thank you for engaging with what I'm sharing. I really wanted to share my appreciation and hopefully you're experimenting with some of the practices that I've been having conversations around and hopefully they're helping you find that natural state of stillness and they're helping you re-engage with the world uh, with a little bit more meaning and intention behind the, the way you spend your time and your energy. Uh, this conversation with Dan has been a great one for me. If you want to find out more about Dan's work, you can go to breathmastery.com or you could also check out his book, which is called Just Breathe. It's an amazing read, although I haven't read it fully. Um, I've checked it out and it, and it looks great. If you want to find out a little bit more about the breath and specifically some breathing techniques that can help you out of a state of stress, you know, maybe you've you've recently had an argument with your partner, you've had an annoying or troublesome day at work, or maybe you're just in a salty mood and you want to you want to find ways to snap out of that. Um, then head over to Today Dreamer on YouTube and check out my video on breathing techniques, which I'm going to be releasing the same time as this podcast. So, um, yeah, the breath and 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 the emotions have a, have a deep connection, and and there's definitely some ways that we can utilize that to help us step out of overthinking and irrational stressing. Um, stressing and going into a flight or fight response mode when it may not be totally appropriate and our life isn't on the line. So check out that video if, you in, if you're enjoying this. Also, feel free to subscribe and share this, I guess, content with a friend that may find it useful. I'm going to be experimenting with the show uh, in the coming weeks and I'm going to be trying to add some more creative elements and really making it make it a little bit more entertaining as well as informative and, and valuable. So uh, stay tuned for more and um, I'll, I'll see you or I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks.